Minister podcast is designed for Christian women who God has called to a career. Our goal is to identify the modern Esther in all women and to leave you feeling empowered with the mission to glorify God in your vocation. Welcome back to the Modern Esther Podcast. My name is Danielle, and if this is your first time joining the Modern Esther, welcome. So happy you're listening. If you have been listening um, since the very beginning, thank you so much. Um, Continue to write. I am always so encouraged, um, you know, hearing about what you guys are getting from your Bible studies or these podcasts. I I feel like sometimes I I get more out of them um, than the listeners, so it's always an encouragement to know that it's a blessing to you as well. Um, right now, we are in the book of Exodus, and we are just studying the life of Miriam. So just a recap of last time, we see that Miriam is a brave uh, little girl, and she is a protector. Um, a protector of her family, a protector of Moses, and we see that God just chose her at this young age, which she will... Um, later on fulfill, and we'll talk about that in future episodes about how she um, will be a leader of the women. Um, But until then, there's this crucial part in her story that often goes unnoticed. I definitely didn't notice the first time I read it. This is actually a new edition. Um, I was planning on just talking about what we were going to talk about in two weeks, but I think it's super important. And it's just this feeling of feeling stuck. And so what does that mean? Well, before I get ahead of myself, I just want to pick up in Exodus 2, 11, where we left off last time. It says, many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of the fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh had heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. And what we see from there is that he was actually gone for 40 years until he returned to um, rescue all of the um, Israelites from Egypt. And um, even though there's many different angles to take with this, I just want to focus on the fact um, and the feelings and the state of mind that Miriam was in. She had basically seen her brother grow up. She and him were close because he felt this kinship spirit that he knew was true, that the, these were his people. And although it is not justifi- justifiable to kill, he was killing, I think in his mind, by my personal opinion, in an act of protection. And he loved his people. And he, and I believe a lot of that is due to his mom and being raised by her for a good period of time, his biological mother, and having siblings and knowing that they existed and possibly being close to them. So we don't really know what his relationship with his siblings looked like, but we do know that when he returns, he recognizes them. So 
it leads me to conclude that there is there is a strong relationship there. Um, however, when he floods um, Egypt, when he flees Egypt, you don't see him saying bye to anybody. So I can't help but think like what, you know, Miriam must have felt. I don't know if, you know, their mom was still around, but what their mom must have felt. And not only that, but I feel like Miriam was just the type of girl, like we mentioned um, last episode, that felt like she was meant for big things, felt like she was called to great things, felt like God used her in a situation at such a young age. Well, what else is he going to use me in? And then her brother left. There was no deliverance out of Egypt, and she didn't know what to do. She was essentially stuck. And so that kind of got me thinking, well, what are there other people in the Bible that have been stuck? And I kept thinking of Joseph. Um, Joseph's story starts when he is his father's favorite, right? And he gives him the coat of many colors and his brothers get jealous, sell him into slavery. Um, he gets favor with his master. But as we see in Genesis 38 and 39, the master's wife, um, made a play at Joseph, he shot her down. Then she lied and made a claim that he raped her. So then Joseph's master put him into prison. He rose to authority in prison. And then we see him rise to an authority of the right hand of Pharaoh. But he was constantly in a cycle of what I would say is getting stuck. He hadn't done anything wrong to maybe get him there. But there was always some kind of difficulty that was setting him back. I think Paul had a very similar experience to Joseph. He was constantly in prison, as you can see, all through the book of Acts. And that's where we have the epistles because all of the epistles and letters to the churches were written while Paul was in prison. And he discusses, I have learned to be satisfied in little um, or much. And I think that he had learned to be content. And I think that he did. He had learned what that stuck feeling felt like. Um, So what is that stuck feeling? Um, Did Miriam feel stuck? For the longest time, I didn't understand um, the difference between uh, a waiting period and a stuck period. And just to kind of lay it out for you, this is, you know, this is kind of my perspective. Maybe you guys have a different one, but I feel like for a waiting period um, and kind of comparing and contrasting both of these situations in my life, I feel like when I was in a waiting period, I just knew I was supposed to be there. I didn't have um, an idea for how long I was going to be there, but I knew that that's what God wanted me, where God wanted me to be. But then I had the opportunity to be, um, I had taken a job at fresh out of grad school and, um, I had worked for this boss and I remember thinking like, man, that was a waiting period. I, I didn't do it very long. It was a horrible, it was a horrible time. I felt stuck because I had no idea, um, how long I was going to be there. I had no idea why I was supposed to be there. And, I didn't have a clue if it was leading to something. I think that brings me to my next point. I think that a waiting period, you might not know why you're there, but you know you're supposed to be there and you know that it's going to end. I think sometimes when you feel stuck, you don't have a clue for how long you're going to be there or if it's ever going to end. 
example would be Esther. We talked about Esther and how there was that waiting period of, of priming her to meet the king. And she knew why she was there. She didn't know how long um, she was going to be there because she didn't know if she was going to be chosen as queen. But she knew, I think, in, in some small way that she was going to be there for a purpose. But I think it would be hard, you know, taking Miriam's shoes if, if she was even going to be there for a purpose. What would be the purpose of living in slavery? Um, I think also that a waiting period and a stuck period require two different things. I think that a waiting period requires patience. Um, you're just waiting for God to move. Um, like, for example, Abraham and Sarah, they were told long before they had Isaac that Sarah was going to give birth to a son. You know, they were in that waiting period. All they had to do was be patient. Whereas Miriam, she has not promised anything, right? All she has to do is just persevere. Um, I think for a lot of people, when they're in a stuck period, they can get extremely um, hopeless. They can give up easily. And in fact, I feel like God is almost calling you to just hang with them a little bit longer. Um, I was just telling someone today um, that God recently has been teaching me in my life um, what giving your best means. Um, sometimes giving your best is going 120 miles an hour, not stopping, praising God through it all, whether that be working, your marriage, your family, and pushing yourself to your max. And then sometimes your best is not going to look like that. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to have times of doubt. Um, and it's just working through that and it's meeting yourself and being generous with yourself in that time, but also pushing yourself and learning when you need to push yourself. Um, One of the things that will lose faith, that will cause people to lose faith the most is losing their hope. So um, I think that Satan loves our stuck periods because it's going to require just that. It's going to require hope. And yet that's the hardest thing to find when we feel stuck. Um, Lastly, I think that a waiting period is just waiting on God to move. Um, You're ready. You're primed. You know, Esther's waiting in the palace. Abraham and Sarah are ready to go. Uh, But God's not moving yet. It's not his timing. Um, But a stuck period, you actually need deliverance. You know, you don't necessarily need God to tell you, go to this direction, go to this direction. You just need God to rescue you. And in fact, that is exactly where we see Miriam and the rest of the Israelites um, in Exodus uh, 2 at 23, it says, Years had passed, and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried for help, and their cry rose up to God. And we're going to come back to that in a minute, um, but I think it's just important. Um, it was just an important verse to kind of bring that all back together. So, how do we translate this to us? What does this mean for us? How can we be stuck in modern times? And man, if this is resonating with you, I'm sure you already have something at the tip of your mind. Just, yep, I know exactly how I'm stuck or I know a time in my life that I was stuck. But you could be stuck in a job. 
um, that you just don't like. Um, and you set goals for yourself and it's just not happening. There's just so many setbacks. You can be set back financially. Um, sometimes the job and the finances kind of go together, but you feel like, oh, you make ends meet barely every month. Um, and you don't want to feel that. You don't want to feel stuck that way. You can be stuck in a relationship. Um, I have seen a couple of my friends that are stuck in an ungodly relationship where one person believes in God, the other person doesn't. I mean, I have to say, I felt like I had many relationships like that. And it it gave me that, that stucky feeling where I really cared about that person. I really liked that person. But I knew that this wasn't, you know, this wasn't right. And uh, hopefully those relationships don't last long, but definitely that's a time in your life where you can say you were stuck. Um, you can feel like you're stuck in school. Like you're, it's going to take you forever to get this degree and you just want to start your life. Um, or on a more, you know, I guess I call these strongholds. Um, I feel like anxiety and depression, people can feel like they're stuck in that. Um, a lot of people don't understand um, mental disorders. And I think that it's it's sad because these people are mentally tortured who or anyone who suffers from anxiety and depression can be, can be mentally tortured every day. And, and all they want to do is live their life too. So if you're struggling with that, just be encouraged um, because God sees you. Um, if you're struggling with alcohol and drug dependency and feel stuck in that and you just want to get out of it, um, that can be a situation where you're, you know, you're just trying to make each day and do better each day. Um, but oftentimes you can just feel stuck in that cycle. So when looking at all of those situations and maybe you have another example in your life, um, more often than not, it seems that we're stuck in those situations not because of any person. Um, we're stuck in those situations because we have put ourselves in those situations. Yet what is most interesting is that we can't get ourselves out. Um, we actually need God's deliverance. Um, it says in Psalms 32:7, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought to the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So we see clearly that, that God anticipates this feeling um, because if you're never stuck, you might not ever need to be delivered. Um, the, the best analogy that I can think of, and I, I just, you know, praise God for this because I just had this revelation was it's like quicksand, um, so I did a little bit of research about quicksand and, and what that looks like. Um, I'm sure you guys know, like, if you go to a quicksand, um, it will just drag you down. And the thing that you're not supposed to do is panic. The more you struggle will actually be the fat will lead to the faster that you sink. And, um, I did not know this, but there is actually uh, steps on how to avoid quicksand. Um, you can, you should make yourself light as possible. So you toss your bag, your jacket, your shoes, whatever you possibly can, and get rid of it. Uh, you try to take a few steps backwards if you possibly can. You keep your arms up and out of the sand. You try to reach for a person's hand to possibly pull your to pull you out. 
You take deep breaths to calm yourself down and you move slowly yet deliberately. So when kind of taken, okay, if these are the quicksands of our life and we're just, you know, in the pit, um, how do we follow the same things, you know? How do we make ourselves light as possible? It says in Hebrews 12, 2, Therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin so that it easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So we are supposed to make ourselves light as possible. We are supposed to do that through perseverance by shedding all of our sin. Um I think sometimes we forget that we did put ourselves there in that situation to begin with. And so we need to make ourselves light as possible by asking for forgiveness. And the second um, thing about quicksand was to take a few steps backwards and ask for help. So who are you asking for help? Well, you're asking God for help. Um, I love that you can kind of sometimes make your stuck period a waiting period by simply asking for help. People always used to laugh at me about signs. I would constantly ask God for signs, especially during my stuck periods, my quicksand moments. But if you never ask, then you're never going to receive. You know, so you might as well just go ahead and, you know, start asking. Um, Start being grateful. So when it says, you know, keep your arms raised out of the quicksand, keep your arms raised up in praising God. You know, thank you, thank God for what he has done. Praise his name. It says in Exodus 15 too, the Lord is my strong defender. He is the one who has saved me. He is my God. I will praise him, my father's God, and I will sing about his greatness. Um, find a reason to be grateful every day. Um, my husband always says, uh, always says, don't let anyone steal your joy. And I love that. Um, you sometimes just need to find God in the minute things of everyday life, and He is there. Um, I'll never forget a story that my mom told about um, her and my dad. When they first got married, my dad would bring my mom flowers every week. And um, until, you know, they realized that that wasn't going to work in the budget, and she told him to stop. But she says, you know, I regret telling him that. But, you know, I don't think she she should because I have seen both of them love each other fearlessly and wholehearted devotion um, for over 30 years now. And they do it through the small. If you ask my mom what's her favorite thing to do with my dad, it's drinking their coffee in the morning together out on the porch. And I think that that attests to you know, God is in the small. He's definitely in the big, but he is so in the small. And you just got to keep your arms raised up, praising him and asking for him to reveal himself. And and he will, he will show you himself in the small. And that will definitely ensure your hope. Um, so, you're, so you won't lose that in those times that you have to persevere. Um, the next step in, in quicksand is trying to reach for a person's hand to pull you out. Uh, man, is that not so on point with what we were talking about of just we have to have God be our deliverer. We actually cannot get out unless God delivers us. And all we have to do is let him deliver us. It says in um, um, the Psalms, 
The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock, whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior. Um, I use that word stronghold earlier because I think sometimes if we have sin in our life, if, if, if we're holding on to something and that's causing us to not move on in our life, then we cannot, we have to let go of one stronghold to grab hold onto the stronghold, Jesus, God. And, um, and let him, you know, deliver us from all of those other things that are weighing us down. Um, next is just take a deep breath. Just breathe. Um, trust that God is not going to let you, you sink. He, he always, um, will keep his promises and he always will deliver you. And then the last one is move slowly and deliberately. And I love that because we are required to do something. We are required to move and required to move in his name, in his will, not our own. It says in Psalm 19, 133, direct my footsteps to your, according to your will, your word, let no sin rule over me. Um, Matthew 10, 38 says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So we are required to move, but we are required to do it in obedience. Like Deuteronomy 5, 33 says, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live. So if you're feeling stuck, it's okay. I mean, we've all been there, um, but don't lose hope that God will deliver you. Um, I want to get back to Miriam really quick and and how I think that this was her stuck period. And I know that we just read um, Exodus 2.23 when they were asking God for help, but it really gets good in 2.24 when it says, God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise and he looked down on the people and he knew it was time to act. God will always act. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. He gave His Son for us. He will always come for you. He will always deliver you from your situation, your job, your stronghold, your sin, your depression. And mostly, He will deliver you from yourself. But don't give up on God. But more importantly, don't give up on the fact that the Alpha and the Omega the creator of the world, the savior of humanity would send his only son again, even if you were the only one on earth. God, thank you so much for um, all those times in my life that I was stuck and I hated it because you were there. You were there with me and you knew exactly the time to be um, the deliverer that we all know you to be. Um, I do ask and pray that if people are in that stuck period in their life that you would come and deliver them and they would just hold to their faith, hold to their hope that you haven't forgotten about them and you see them and you love them. Just protect us as we move forward um, with the rest of our week and um, let us always see you in the small. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me this week, y'all. Man, I I learned a lot this week. I'm so glad that um, we didn't skip over that. I am looking forward to next week's or two weeks um, episode. And you guys just got to stay tuned. Um, I think Miriam is really going to 
start um, shining. And there's actually a couple other characters too that I want to talk about. So we will all be talking about that soon. If you have any uh, prayer requests or uh, want to hear from a certain woman or just to tell me your story, please write to the Modern Esther podcast at gmail.com. Um, subscribe to iTunes and Stitchers and uh, share. Share, the, share it with your friends. Uh, thank you guys so much, and I will see you in two weeks. God bless.